it's crazy how life works sometimes, man. It's how we first met, you know. I mean, was that was that the pie meet and greet? Was yeah. Years? <laughs> it was yeah, at the five. So the five meet and greet. Um, dang, that seems like it's forever ago, man. Yeah, that's man. how that's how long we both been doing this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, me and my boys, um, we was doing medium lit, man. Shout out to yeah. my brothers, man. Shout out to medium lit, man. Yeah, the, the people, folks, folks want us to bring it back, and it's funny. We can get into that in a second, but you know, I know you and you and you and my boy, my boy Johnny. Uh, y'all have oversaturated, man, and mm-hmm. just seeing y'all grow into continue, man. But before we get into all that, man, I just want the world to know who you are, man. You've been like a big brother to me, and I've, I've been watching you from along the way, man. Obviously, um, I think the last time I saw you, man, ironically enough, I think I think he's a uh, I think he's an OC. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the liquor had us had us in our feelings, man. Like, yeah, but you know, we had like a real therapeutic conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's real when you pull pull somebody to the side, and you know, you get into some real shit. But no, man, uh, shout out to you, Rashad, man, and I just uh, been delighted to see what you've been able to do. You know, I you know I follow your content, I share it whenever I can. You know, whatever whatever I can do to uplift you, bro. Uh, you know, but. You know, I'm I'm Ralph from one half of oversaturated. You know, the podcast we've been doing it going on seven years now. Um, you know, we had some you know some peaks and valleys. Uh, as anything you put into you know like passion projects and things like that, the growth has been there. Uh, I encourage anybody that's listening to this to you know check us out, give us a chance. You know, we're on all major streaming platforms. Just search oversaturated podcast for real. Man, first first off, seven years is a long time, brother. I just want to yeah. put that put that <laughs> out there. And I yeah. think uh I think I'm trying to think. We when we started doing medium lit, that was we just got started when we first met y'all, man. We know yeah. that I remember I think when y'all uh was talking to us, y'all might have been a year or two in at that point. Uh, well, whatever it's been, it's been a while, bro. Yeah. It was um we may have been there in maybe three, four years at that point because I think we had a recent logo change. Like I can pinpoint certain things yeah. in the OS timeline by what you know we've done. So we changed our logo, and I think we had new shirts that day. So that's what makes me. <laughs> you know, no, I think that's uh. Well, first off, brother, how how have you been, man? How's how's life? I think first off, we you know to get into that, man. I think uh. You know, I'm glad that we're doing this, kind of like we yeah. said before, man. It's just, you know, uh, we've, while I don't see you all the time, mm-hmm. we, when we've talked, I feel like every conversation really has been um, enduring and uplifting. I mean, honestly, you got me back in the gym, man, seeing you doing all your gym <laughs> content. I, I'm like, when, hey. I see, when I see Ralph, I'm like, that's time to, it's time to, go, time to go back <laughs> and work out, man. But how's everything been? Uh, everything's been... Um decent for the most part uh you know we know the story but you know we can get into that a little bit later for the listeners but um good man just coming out of the holiday season i do feel blessed um just to you know survive another holiday season you know me and the wife uh the family uh just being around loved ones you know those that type of thing so you know i've been good for the most part man what about yourself hey man i i can't complain i think uh Season wise, I think this is like this, and I don't like to. I hate hearing when people say like, this is errors. Like I know you've been seeing that like on social media now. Like <laughs> this is this I is hate, my such and such error. Yeah, I I despise <laughs> it so much. I don't I don't hate on the meaning. I just think that uh, I think errors 
uh, or just a word that people use not really understanding like the true meaning of an, an era and your era can change even while you're in that era because yeah. life happens so I, I I'm not gonna hate on all the way I just I just <laughs> think it's cringe um no it's been a very it's been a very big transformational time I think personally man I think mm -hmm. uh really the biggest thing is I like to say is I'm trying to heal myself not from I think when people think of healing they think of like uh you had to lose somebody or, you know, mm -hmm. bad breakup or whatever. No, I just really think that I really am trying to get to a space to be in the best version of myself. And then also really just to be a, a better black man. Honestly, yeah. I, mean, I think that that's something that I think me and you kind of have in common. When we have these conversations and I think why, uh, as I've gotten older, what's always been important to me is to be myself um, yeah. and to talk about things that are important. Really having these conversations, man, like, you know, uh, it's hard for us to, when you see people doing the same thing, I think it's natural to have a, a sense of like competition and like see what this person's doing, that yeah. person's doing. But I've never really felt that way with uh, anybody who does anything creatively. I mean, I think it's a space for all of us to be successful and well. So when I see it, man, I try to big it up, man, and keep everybody going or somebody keep me going or whatever. So absolutely, you know. because I, I can't look at my uh, I can't look at you know, people that inspire me is competition. No, you inspire me. Like those are two different things. Like, you know, my competition is, I guess, the people that I think that are like <laughs> up there, like them the people I'm shooting for. But if we down here grinding together, I see is your inspiration for real. I don't think people understand, man. And you and you've been you've been in it longer than me. Mm -hmm. Uh talk to me about that grind, man. Just about making content about you know the crazy thing is like everybody has a pod now and at yeah, least the, yeah i me and my boy should joke about that like it's the most annoying thing but yeah it is something that a lot of people do man and yeah. i don't think people really recognize like what it really takes to absolutely keep it absolutely. going you know <laughs> absolutely let me let me go down this rabbit hole well the first reason we named oversaturated the podcast was because we felt the market was itself was oversaturated so that was like the aha right the aha moment and then me and Johnny can go from these conversations that me and you are having to anything that's entertainment based or, or whatever. Right. So we just yeah. kind of stay into those lanes. But when you talk about doing podcasting and doing something that people feel like they can all do, we all can grab a mic and do all this. But I think it's ultimately scarier to be like, you know, to be yourself on these mics and these platforms. And that's what people fail to realize give or take and stand on it. Whatever your take is, you can be completely wrong in that take, but make sure that that's how you truly feel. Uh, don't echo the sentiments of the masses. Don't, you know, don't try to be, I can't be, you know, like one of one of the people I kind of like look to was like, you know, like obviously like a Charlemagne or Bomani Jones. Like those are the type of people that I look at. They're like up here and I'm like, hey, I would really like to be like them. But however, Ralph can't be them. Like, because you can go to them for that. You, if I want you to listen to me, I want you to listen to me for me. So it's truly finding your voice in this whole thing. And that's yeah. hard to do, especially when you're a consumer of content yourself, at least to me, because I am a sponge, bro. Like, yeah. I, I'll, I'll find myself mimicking something. I'm like, wait a minute, that's not me. I, 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 I shop this back up and get to how Ralph would really interpret or disseminate this information and present it. Yeah, no, I think that's the biggest thing, man. I mean, I was honestly, uh, when we was doing ML, man, that was the biggest, that was the biggest struggle for real. Cause I mean, yeah. as much as I like to talk about uh, 
events that go on, and I, I mean this like with no like disrespect. I think when it comes to black cultural content, yeah. it's very much driven in gossip and what's going on Absolutely. with things that Absolutely. I don't even know what's really going on. You know what I mean? Like I don't know any of these people. Um, <laughs> music takes I'm all for because I mean music is opinion, like that's art, yeah, yeah. perspective, exactly. like. Somebody, somebody famous, they got, they got cheated on. Like I, they ain't got nothing to do with me, man. Or um... <laughs> listen, because this is the thing, right? When it comes to celebrity gossip, yeah, it's a lane for all of that. And me and Johnny really try to stay clear of those things when we talk about it on the pod. But <laughs> the thing is, like, I would hate for somebody to discuss my dirty laundry. Like, I really would hate that. Like, I'm nowhere near a celebrity or anything like that. But let's say me and the wife fall out. God damn it. I don't want anybody talking about this. Like, I don't I don't want anybody talking about it. So, but I mean, that's the, that's kind of like the, the things you sign up for when you're a celebrity. But I think there's so much to get into besides celebrity gossip and things that make the algorithm turn in that way. I'm fine. I don't, I don't ever have to pay attention to that. Yeah, that and then also, I think even now, like, you know, what's really consumed, at least on the outside end, man, is, you know, all these multiple conversations. And I think you actually would uh, provide a perspective on this. Uh, is that, you know, we see a lot of conversations today on relationships and, like, what it means to actually have a, a, a positive and healthy relationship. And I think within our culture, and I, this is going to be my hot take for today, uh, I think our culture worries too much on what on how to present something in a way that was never meant for us in the first place. Now, let me take a second to explain yeah. real quick. Yeah. So to. the biggest thing, um, and I don't mean this with disrespect, I, I understand where it comes from is, you know, this whole idea of like, what does somebody bring to the table and like 50, mm. 50 and things like yeah. that. Yeah. I think a lot of folks are failing to realize that it is more than just a financial thing. Yeah. One that's being presented. So I think when we have these people do these hot takes, on what somebody should and should not do. Biggest thing we really don't talk about though, for real, man, is like a lot of this stuff is is from a, a Eurocentric perspective. Mm. Hate to call it how it is, man, but it is. You know, like a lot of it, and it doesn't mean it's wrong. Like I don't think there's nothing wrong of a man taking care of a wife, paying yeah. everything. There's no issue with that. Yeah. I think the thing is within our culture specifically that makes it more of a an issue is that we are hurting people that are trying to probably do those things and they may not be there at that point in time. Like, I don't think people really understand uh, on both sides, how hard it is to be a black man, but also how hard it is to be a black woman. So when you have two broken sides, (laughs) (laughs) you got two broken sides coming together (laughs) and and the the views aren't the same. Mm -hmm. um, It's not going to help. You know what what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. The thing, okay. I, the thing I, the the biggest thing I hate about gender war conversations, no one chooses to hear the other side, right? It's always you take it as a complaint and then you move on. Hmm. And it seems like the people that are the loudest on social media about these things probably either already have a mate or like super single. But it's like, it's really like no, no in between, between. Yep. if that makes sense. It's always two extremes. And yep. I, you know, I honestly hate the conversation. Like, me and my wife have these debates all the time, right? And I could be on the side of the man or the side of the woman if I just see that it's that's what it is. Yeah. And it's not that hard. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think people just really lost the art of communication and nobody wants to really be in love anymore. If your marriage or your relationship is going to be a business, 
is it gonna is it gonna be transactional in that way? Let it be that. But don't confuse it with the love because love and like love and business, they just don't mix, bro. Like never, they don't. Never will. <laughs> they, no. they never will. So no. if you're looking for a business partner and someone to just be on your arm, go do that. But if you're looking for love, love is not. Listen, I'm not telling you be no fool. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you can, don't pick nobody up off the street. Like, you know, I, right. I, I do believe in dating someone that's in your, your space and on your level. Like, you have to connect. But just don't go get anybody. <laughs> yeah, and I think, because uh, remind me, how long have you been married? I've never been married. I've uh, been married uh, three years. Three years. Three years. And how long How long were y'all together We before? were together five before we got married. Okay, so I, I got to ask, because I'm, I'm going to try to get a click base out of this now. So <laughs> ask anyway. How long did it take you mm-hmm. to propose to your to your wife? Uh, well, <laughs> it took. The thing is, well, honestly, I knew, right? And this is where we can talk about how my feelings were and how you know traumatic it was, right? Right. I felt like I wasn't ready because I was running a blind race, comparing myself to other men around me, my friends, right? Right. They had it. Seemingly, they had everything together. And I just wanted to get that before I said, hey, let's do this. But not knowing that you got to struggle before you get to wherever you're going to get to, you got to struggle to get that. So the moment we said, you know, I was like, hey, you know what? Let's get married. Like, you know, not like that. You know, I know. Proposal, you know <laughs> a nice proposal. Right? I didn't, you know, I didn't hit it with like, hey, you know, what you hey, mean? what you mean? Like, like, like what we doing? Like, we going to do it? No, nah, no, nah, it wasn't nah. that. But um, just kind of. It was it was like something I had to get past because I didn't I didn't give her enough credit to believe that she would be there with me to kind of figure this shit out. And that's where, you know, I think a lot of my hangs ups were, you know, but my wife is my best friend. And I don't mean that as like the most cliche thing to say. No, I literally mean that she's my nigga. Like, you know, what I'm saying? like that's that's the homie. So yeah. nobody makes me laugh more than her. So it's just yeah. really that. Um yeah. It's just, you have to get out your own way. And that was what I had to learn. You mm. know what I'm saying? I had to learn that. No, I think that's, uh, I mean, I think you kind of nailed it on the head, man. I mm. think uh, what a lot of people don't recognize is, and I think this is a lesson that I've learned mm-hmm. a long time ago, is that you do meet people where they're at. Yeah, as much yeah. as I used to say, oh, that's an excuse. I mean, it's the truth, though, man. Like, you really do meet people where they're at. I do think in our case as men, um, our ego can get in the way of a good thing or we feel like we have to be in a place of stability. And I think a lot of people don't recognize that we'll keep most men up at night. is not necessarily a fair commitment. It's can I actually financially (laughs) (laughs) be able to uh, be that provider? I think that often gets overlooked. Now, yes, there's a large mass of men out here who, do not necessarily want to be providers. And I, when, I, when people make those grievances, I 100, 100% um, agree on their frustration, especially with black women who I think really do, they, I mean, they wait around for a while. Gotta give, gotta give credit when it's due. They do be waiting around for a while now, so I can understand why people could be tired. I just think that, again, sometimes when you meet somebody where they're at, you, um, you aren't you aren't really getting the full picture of somebody. And sometimes men usually find themselves when they are in the most struggling situation. You can't be mad at that 
Uh, but you also can't, you know, I also understand the other end too. It's like, you know, you may not want to be with somebody that's struggling. But yeah. I guarantee you that at some point that man will fall and crumble. I don't care how much money he got because yeah. life happens. Exactly. You got life traumatic experiences where I don't care how much money you got. You lose money you care about. Don't no, 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 no money matter at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so that's why I don't think that. I think that's the hard part. Um, and that's why I'm hoping for like a restoration, not just for just black relationships, just relationships in general, yeah. where we have to get out of the financial psyche of mm-hmm. determining the success of a relationship. Because I always say it's easy to get there. It's hard to keep it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, we just have to do a lot of unwiring of the way we think. Right. Uh, a lot of this comes from just what we deem to be social norms. Right. The yeah. man's provider, man is this, man is this, women do this women do this like okay well in most situations if you got a real mate listen those things really don't work like that like <laughs> it's some days where i might cook dinner like it's you know it's like what are we talking about like what are we what is specific to gender norms right and you just have to really read your your mate or whoever you're with because like really all that shit doesn't matter if you're really trying to make it work with somebody because things are going to be changing, things are going to be up, things are going to be down. That's why I said if you're going to do, if you're going to have a business partner, do that. But if you're going to be in love, it's really compromise. That's the hard part, man. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so absolutely. What's, so what's the key to compromise with somebody? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> when two people come together, Ooh. man, that's that's a that's a, a look. I know me, so I can. Be, I know. I can oh, be stubborn. So. Listen, one thing marriage has taught me. And it makes me feel like I'm such an OG when I'm not. Like, I'm still new to the marriage game. But it's just like, it's an everyday thing. It's literally every day. I wake up every day to choose love. And I choose to be here. And I choose to be present in my marriage. And the compromise is thinking about what benefits us before what benefits me. That's a bar. (laughs) And you, it's so, it's so, it's such a struggle, bro. Because you've been this individual for so long. Even if y'all been dating, you can still pick your up and go. She's the beneficiary on my life insurance. Like, things get different when paperwork is involved. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. But it's... The compromise is just figuring out that person. And that person always evolves and changes, as do you. So what what are you willing to compromise on for them? And what are they willing to compromise for you for the sake of the relationship? Because yeah. there's some always going to be some give and take. Some days I'm giving 70 and it's 30. And, you know, it can it, it's never 50-50. Thank I, you for saying that. <laughs> get thank that out thank of your you head. for saying that. <laughs> thank you. I've always said that. I, I hate when people, and I don't want to use hate because I, I do. I really hate. When people think every day is going to be the same exact day, every day is not sunshine and flowers. Everybody loves each because to me that's not realistic. And I'm not saying like there's nothing wrong with wanting a ha- a happy, healthy relationship. Like I think that is great. I think if you predicate your success of your relationship strictly based off your happiness, it's going to implode. <laughs> that's just my opinion because there's so many factors outside of the relationship alone that will make your relationship with that person miserable. If you hate your job and you hate everything else around you, this person isn't going to necessarily make it better, nor should you expect them to make it better. better. Like the part, like I, at least in my opinion, you can tell me if I'm wrong. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think you expect your wife alone mm-hmm. to make you happy for everything no. in your life. Absolutely not. Like, um, do I see her as a like a percentage of the source of my happiness? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. But no, not I don't depend on her for that. Like I can find my solace in a lot, you know, <laughs> and that's what people fail to realize. I have identity. I have I have things that's outside of my marriage that can provide me the things that I need and the tools that I need because you have to have that. Everything you can't one person can't provide you one thing. Like, and I'm sorry to say that. And I'm not saying like, you know, I I seek things outside of my marriage. That's not what I'm saying. Like there are things and people that relationships and bonds that I can get that build me up as a person, as a man, that my wife can't provide for me. Right. No, I think that's that's the thing. So what's the what's the biggest lesson you learned um just as a married man that you know I guess more about yourself. Like what what's the biggest thing you learned about yourself that maybe you had to like work on or did you feel like you had to um improve on or just anything? Like what's what's the biggest lesson um, that you've learned so far? I think I had to learn how to communicate better, right? Now I had I have siblings and they were always on my father's side, but I was raised as the only child on my mom's, right? Like me. So, okay. so when it came to like the art of communication with certain things, I didn't have that. So when you get into a relationship with somebody that you have to live with and you have to constantly say things, like you have to constantly do things, it's just like, oh my God. But that's one thing I had to learn. I think the communication was something that I'm learning. I'm not even learning still. Like I haven't mastered yeah. it at all. Yeah. But when it comes to the art of communication with somebody that I'm dealing with every day, and it's like, you know, because me and my brother, you know, God rest his soul, like we had a great relationship. But, you know, I didn't see him as much as I would, you know, would like to because we didn't live in the same house. Right. So that was a different, that's a different dynamic. So I think communication, honestly, bro, is just something that I honestly, I'm struggle, I struggle with, like coming into it. I currently struggle with, but it's not as bad, but, you know, and I think a lot of things, uh, therapy and everything just kind of helped me kind of shake out of it. So when you say communication, are you just talking about like your actual needs, like feelings? Yeah, communicating you know? actual needs and feelings. And that's like one thing I didn't even know I I, I struggled with. And, ain't the only one. <laughs> and, when, <laughs> and when I don't get my way, this is where the only child kicks in. So, Ooh. so I didn't know. Like, I yeah. you don't know until you don't like until someone something happens, right? Yeah. And you have to go through a lot of, uh, like, I use the word unwiring. Just try to unfigure, you know, uh, you know, just try to un- untie those knots and try to figure it out again. And you know, I come to you as a thirty-six-year-old man, so it's like I, I'm trying to change how I view things and communicate things. It's it's been successful for me up until said point. So I'm like, ah, oh, well. <laughs> no, that's um I mean I feel like as every man struggle is yeah. the uh the ability to express. And I think I'm somebody that at least have tried to take pride in being more open. Um but I definitely fall short. A lot of that is I mean, a lot of that is ego, honestly. Ego and ego and pride, man. I think the downfall of every yeah. man. Uh, yeah. I think at least for us, and I think most men can relate, but I know for black men in particular, 
the idea of looking weak has always been, it's always been like an innate fear of mine. So when people always say, you know, why don't you express yourself more? It's like, well, it's not that I don't think a man doesn't want to express himself. I think, again, I think that the biggest fear is that the expression gets used against them. <laughs> the worst thing you can do is tell somebody your innermost thoughts and then it's weaponized against you. Mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the worst thing, right? I, I come to you in confidence about whatever it is, right? And it's weaponized against you in jokes or um, whatever the case may be. So it's like you're trying to like express yourself and let your expressions be known. But if it's going to be used against you, you know what? I don't, I don't, I'm all right. <laughs> no, so that's definitely, that's definitely it. So uh, if you don't mind, let's transition to something. I know that, you know, one of the reasons why I want to reach out and obviously feel free to share whatever. Yeah. But just like the, the other, the other side of the things too, like when we are as as black men, we we uh, as people, I won't even ever just not even make about us as people. Um, when we deal with those hard times, man, mm -hmm. um, how do we how how do you best like navigate through that? Because it looks different for everybody, uh, but I yeah. think with us in particular, I'm going back to us, uh, <laughs> how we deal with trauma looks a lot different, I think, than mm -hmm. other people. No, I think it's often feel like it's suppressed. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It depends on your upbringing. It depends on like how you view uh, spirituality. Like it depends on how you view uh, your mental health care, right? What does that look like for you? Um, somebody that grew up as a church kid, right? I'm churched out. <laughs> I, I don't particularly like go to a church religiously every Sunday anymore. Um, and that's because I just, it was, I, I, and you know, this is a conversation I think me and you had, I was just like, well, listen, ever since my mama died, it's just kind of rough for me to go to church. That's just where I'm at with it. So I do, I still have a healthy prayer life. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still, you know, I might tune into like, you know, a little YouTube something, you know, to give me something to, you know, motivate me to keep me going. But going to church every Sunday, uh, that's out. <laughs> that's you know, and that's just my feeling on it. And um, but you have to stay connected to a higher power. I'm not sitting here trying to convert people to Christianity or whatever. Believe in what you want to believe in, but yeah. believe in something. That's all. That's all I kick to anybody. And mental health. Oh my God! Like if I wasn't in therapy before, I I've had a, a lot of traumatic experiences uh, leading. So I had therapy leading up to a lot of the things that I went through. So if I didn't have that that framework around me, I don't know how I would, you know, be able to function just with oh. the spiritual, you know, the spiritual sense, mental health. And then even like you, you allude to me going to work out. Hey, listen, bro, I got to do something <laughs> like and the more I live, the more the more I become an adult, like because I'm a full grown adult, which is something that blows me every day. I think about it. <laughs> I understand why people have addictions and people kind of go to like substances and things of that nature. And that's not anything that I'm promoting or kicking to anyone. But I can understand how traumatic experiences lead you down a dark path. And I, I was like, I just think I'm thankful to, you know, the guy that I pray to <laughs> and the things that I'm, you know, my mental you know fortitude that I haven't went down that path yeah. because it could have been <laughs> we yeah. me and you couldn't even be having this conversation if I wasn't, you know, good. 
No, man, I, I'm telling you, bro, I'll never forget. Like I said, the last time I saw you, mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember the timeline, but I do feel like you had a series of traumatic events, like relatively close uh, mm-hmm. to each other. And I just remember, I get, I don't, you know, I don't know if it was the tequila at that point, <laughs> but it was, it was, it was the most open and honest conversation I think I've had with anybody during during that time but at that at that moment though i i really recognize your strength as a as a person man mm -hmm. um because i think you know for somebody outside and i haven't lost those close people yet does it consume my mind all the time absolutely because i'm i'm Mm -hmm. I'm very much driven in realism of thinking um so i it's like i know at some point you know the, the same stories are um, I'm going to share it too. I, I just think that how, at least on the outside end, on the way how you've handled it, uh, I definitely want to commend you for it because you're right, man. This addictions, mm-hmm. addictions go down strong. Like it's tough, man. Like I, yeah. it's very easy to get addicted because it takes away the pain. Like most pain. people, don't, most people don't want to sit with their problems, man. Like, and I don't, I don't even <laughs> judge somebody for that no more. But no, it's like to- it's like if I see somebody kind of strong guy, I'm like, oh. Like, I, like not to, not I to get what you light, say, yeah, not to make light of it, but yeah. listen, man, I there's so much like like we talked about, like we we had our we had our drunken moment in therapy session, but that those words were needed, and you didn't understand how much you know what that did for me. So I appreciate you uh. for that, but it was it is rough, and for you know, listen, I don't even mind telling this. Like, I lost my father, my my little brother, and my mother all within nine months of each other. That was what, yep. So that's that's pretty much what happened, right? Mm-hmm. I got married. Uh, three weeks later, my father passes a liver disease. Nine months later, my mom contracts, you know, COVID or whatever. And um, my brother died of a car wreck while I was, like, waiting for my mother, like, seeing if she would survive, like, the breathing treatments. Mm-hmm. So 12 days before my mom passed, my brother died in a car wreck. Like a drunk driver hit him. He was on the side of the road on Highway 7 in St. Louis. So I, you know, so having two, having to deal with three funerals in nine months for people that I'm really, really close to and being being front row and having to deal with funeral arrangements and things like that and dealing with the death, like the business of death. That's something that like nobody talks about. Nobody talks about that. So uh, I just employ people that kind of have like business in order because when people are gone, they're gone. And but their bills and their paperwork and things like that still stay. And those are things that we're left to kind of deal with and handle. No, I, trust me. I mean, these are these are things that you know, obviously don't want to think about. And so, but yeah, I, I said, man, I, I remember. Like I said, I remember when we talked. It, I remember. I do remember the story with mom. I remember you shared several things back to back, and I just sat there. I'm mm-hmm. like, dang, man, like this man is still. He's trying. I'm like, he's mm-hmm. still trying to like just live his life and try mm-hmm. to act like there's a, a bit of normalcy in it. And I and I truly think that we lose a lot of sight of that side because a lot of us are so caught into what we're meant to do yes. today. And I think that's one of the hardest things that I've learned. Um just just doing just doing content itself. Like you kind of mentioned them again, like being authentic. Like what mm-hmm. What did what do I want people to get out of this? Like, am I doing this really for myself? Am I doing this so other people can actually 
get a sense of hope, hope and inspiration. Because I'm sure on your end, man, there's been many times you probably shot content. Mm. You, your mind not even there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're exactly. not thinking about nothing else but what you got going on in life. But you know that other people, they they may need something, man. And that Absolutely. again, it goes back to um, a theory that you know life is all about service, man. I mean, that's like your wife is your best friend but at the end of the day y'all are serving each other through the yeah. highs and through the lows we just don't talk about the lows enough and i really want us to start doing that more as people that's why i applaud you for even sharing that part you know what i mean because it's just like it's tough man i know it's tough i don't even try to act like it like, i don't know like that's like that's that's some real shit man like that's real whatever you see on social media hey man i like i don't i don't think i put too much out there and i don't no. think that what i have out there is like this big veil over the real you know the real me but you know my life is virtually open book <laughs> like whatever you see that's pretty much what it is like it's not it's no no glitz or glamour to it like you know what I'm saying? I, I travel a little bit like you know what I'm saying? like i don't do a lot you know what I'm saying? not for the sake of content or social media but it's just man Live your life, man, and just try to be the best you, the most authentic you, because you can live your life trying to be something for somebody else and you miss out on so much else, so much more. Man, with us as adults, as you like unlearn mm -hmm. a lot, a lot of it is parental. Yeah. A lot of it comes from something that happened in your childhood and something with parents. And so mm -hmm. you try to find it when you're an adult with partners. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a truth that. I personally don't think that a partner could actually fix that problem. No, alone. And, they don't, and it's not on them too. Like no. you don't know how you need to be loved. Nope. You don't know that. Nope. You think you do, nope. but you have to figure that out. You know, you have to figure out. I hate love languages, but it's a real thing. I'll, dude, I'm about to I, hate, I hate. I hate it. I hate it. Like like you said. Like I, I hate to use yes. the word hate. Yes. I, I don't really like the notion of it because hell, if you ask me, I like. I, all of them should apply to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yep. If you, if you, all of them should be applicable. But, yep. you know, there are certain ones that, you know, probably mean more to others. 100%. But all that stuff should work. Yeah, that's all I wanted to get to. It's <laughs> not, I don't have an issue with love language in the sense of like what somebody may need. Mm -hmm. uh, I think what people, I think, can forget is again, you're meeting somebody, whether at how they were raised. Mm -hmm. So let's say you came from a big, heavy, physical touch family. Yeah, your partner did not. Your partner may never, never, ever change mm -hmm. the ability to want to be more affectionate because that's not how they were raised. Now they could try to meet you in the middle, but at the end of the day, they may never, ever change that because of how they were raised. Mm -hmm. If you come from a family that was always very argumentative, you're probably gonna have a more argumentative partner mm -hmm. because that's what they're used to. A lot of us are used in chaos in different ways. <laughs> I mean, oh I, my again, God. myself included. I mean, I think for the most part, I've seen a lot of healthiness, but I also yeah. think that one of my bigger flaws when it has, when it does come to seeing somebody dating somebody is that for me, I don't, I can get defensive. Yeah. I can get defensive when there are certain critiques made about me because I used to struggle growing up mm -hmm. trying to please everybody or feeling mm -hmm. like that I was mm -hmm. good enough. And so when you mm -hmm. critique something about me, yeah. I naturally get defensive. That's something I'm still mm. working on. It's mm. gotten better, but mm. I'm just saying though. Like, but it, I, I've been in therapy for about three years, so I, 
one of the things that's the biggest thing I learned about me in, as a kid, a lot of my life, mm-hmm. because I grew up like you as well, right? It's pretty mm-hmm. much like as a, as an only child, but also in my situation, I was kind of like the golden child. I never, that was, everybody kind of put me on this weird pedestal. <laughs> I never got in trouble for real. My mom didn't play. I went to certain, you know, went to high school, went to CBC, thing like that. Like people put me on a pedestal. Yeah. Time. And so I learned. But I always felt like it was never enough, though, because I would always hear, like, a however, a but. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when I started to write, like, I mean, I write, mm-hmm. a lot of that was driven in the fact that I have to do something that's so out the box to be recognized as a person. Bro. <laughs> that's, where it's, that's where a lot of it stemmed from. Like, I... Like, why do I do so much? And that's what Res- I was like, I'm trying to do so much so people can just see that, you know, I'm here. Res- Rashad, man, you, you're you like, you're giving me like body shots right now because I feel like <laughs> we're talking the same thing. We live the same life. Yeah. When it comes to like the, not the overachiever, but, and it's like, you're not vying for attention. You're just trying to see if people see your value. And it's always been my problem. And that's yep. that's the problem that I struggle with too. Yep. So if you're in re- romantic relationships, of uh, friendships, uh, relationships with your family, you always try to make sure that they see you, but you yep. don't rock the boat necessarily because you don't want to like sever the relationship. You don't want it to change. You just want no. them to see you and value you. <laughs> so a lot of <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, dude, I'm just saying, like, yeah, I, that that's that's exactly what I've struggled with before. Like, even overextending yourself, like, I've yeah, been, that part too. Like, like, feeling like you have to kind of fix things when that's not even your place. That's not you don't have to do that. Sometimes people just want to know if you have the bandwidth to handle the things that they're talking about. You don't have to actually be hands on with the situation at all. But that's just how you're hardwired. That's you as a person being genuine. You know what I'm saying? And that's where, uh. You probably have a lot of people that just flock to you and don't even know why. You don't even know why, right? Oh no, it happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you just you just have people telling you your life story and everything. Like all oh, the man, time. That's, man. that's crazy. But you know, uh, I'm glad you shared that with me. Like that's usually I have that happen to me all the time. But it's just something about your spirit that draws people in. Uh, yeah, that's um, yeah. I think, that's, but also the biggest lesson I learned with that too is like even like from a romantic sense of. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, your partner can't fix everything. No. And I think sometimes the partner has to recognize you can't fix everything. Oh, no. <laughs> Some things are, are so out of everybody's jurisdiction. There's nothing. There's absolutely nothing you can do. It doesn't make you a bad partner. It doesn't mean you are incapable of uh, being loving to that person. Some people are just going through enough real life situations where there's nothing nobody can do. I went through a situation like that. There was nothing nobody can do. Yeah. <laughs> you just, hey, all you do is look. I'm telling <laughs> you, because I was very transparent in that state. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing, nothing nobody can do. Absolutely. I ain't going to complain about it either. Like, yeah, it's moments, but I'm not going to sit there mm-hmm. and f- make you feel like you can change it, you know? And I think I had to work on the best was like, saying you've never been in my shoes of course not right it's, it's even if i even if it's a very similar situation it's gonna be about yeah. perspective so i had to learn to stop saying that but the, i think the biggest thing was just like recognize like whoever it is friends family parents like that's mm-hmm. only so much they can do Fact. some storms you were just meant to be in by, by yourself. yourself 
Absolutely. <laughs> and Absolutely. it sucks when you're in it by yourself, but at the end of the day, though, it we all my dad told me that a long time ago. One of the, the biggest lessons uh he told me as a um as a kid, man, is that everybody gets a chance at that front row. And what he was referring to was mm-hmm. obviously referring to like losing a parent, right? Mm-hmm. Or a funeral, or whatever. But he also was applying that to life. Like at some point, man, you get your turn mm-hmm. and you in that front row and it's just hitting you left and right. And you mm-hmm. have to deal with it. Ain't nothing you can do. Uh, but it happened. But he told me it said it don't happen once, it happens several times. It's oh, just, yeah. yeah. Each time you just learn a little bit different to deal with it. You actually, you know what? Off this is off the off the topic. You may know him. He's a he a Q as well, man. That's what's, a, yeah, what's my dad's name is Stan. He go by TC. TC TC. I probably know his face if I yeah, don't know. Yeah, uh, uh, you try. I, I am Frank. Very confident. You know who my father. <laughs> everybody know who my dad is. Dad okay, is, say less. <laughs> trust me. Everybody know who my dad is. All you gotta say is TC, and I guarantee you. Somebody know. I used gotcha, to hate gotcha. growing up as a kid. Go somewhere. <laughs> I'd be like, dog. No, can you <laughs> put that out there, man. I'm gonna clip that for him so he, he can feel good, so I can. <laughs> no, everybody knows him, but no, yeah, man. I just think, uh, yeah, we all we all have something we deal with. I just think the biggest thing is that I've just learned to just kind of face things now, man. Just face it head on, man. This is who I am. This is what I bring with. And I think if people actually did that more. Mm-hmm. When they are connecting with people, mm-hmm. I actually think that people would find more success in connecting with people. I think a lot of us put facades up for so long. I always say, I'm gonna see the real side anyway, <laughs> at some point. You know what I mean? All right, you just say what you got dealing with. What you, try. you ain't got to tell me your deepest, darkest secrets, but like, you yeah. know what I mean? It'll make it easier though. I do think, yeah, that. absolutely. Like, uh, the longer you deal with somebody or see things, like, you'll start to see the real them. And the the truth always rises to the top, no matter what, (laughs) no matter what. So we'll get to it. If we don't get to it now, we'll get to it a few days, few weeks, few months, a year. Like it, it always comes out. So yeah, my, I think that's the best time when you really learn somebody's actually there for you or not. Like as far as like a partner, yeah, Uh, or not even a partner, just friendship, whatever. Like it don't really matter. It's just like when you're going through some real stuff. Yeah, and nobody's make it's a difference. Like you cannot do anything. It's one thing, but if you're if somebody's willing to make an attempt to be that, that's how you know somebody's intentions. Um, you got to give credit to people like that because usually when people get any side of discomfort, they usually run. Yeah, that I think that's the bigger issue in our time today is that we run at the first sight of discomfort. Because one of the last thing I'll say about theories. I hate when people use the the grass is always greener somewhere else. I think that's like the biggest piece of trash that could be said because it's not the truth though. Like somebody's like, oh, I just go find better. Well, you still gotta have it. Still gotta be watered though. Like the same. <laughs> okay, okay, I, I get where you're going now. Like, you know what I, I mean? Like, I, I, I get where you're going. It's you like, know, the, so like, like it's when like things the, go, go ahead. No, no, good. No, I, I don't want to cut you off. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying like when things go when things go level with somebody, right? And depending on where they are in life, uh, people like you know well. Uh, I think I think when you with somebody sometimes like there could be a drop off like maybe you're yeah. not as attentive or whatever like yeah it could be a sense of comfort and you know could you be with somebody for a while yeah at some point I think people get in people's ears and like oh it could be better elsewhere and sometimes it can be like if you truly are being mistreated mm-hmm. there is somebody probably better for you yeah. potentially 
Yep. The same thing that I will always say as rebuttal, though, that person still will do the same thing that that person did at some points because there is a level of drop off that happens because life can happen to that person as well. So somebody could be overly romantic at first. They give you everything they want. They buy you everything. Yeah. And as soon as they got you, they can stop. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm also saying when people like, yeah. oh, you know, the grass is always greener elsewhere. It's like, it can be, but <laughs> still got to water it, man. Like, it still requires the same level of attention and care. And the problems in that situation go different than the other one. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of like leaning into your point. Like, if it's not being watered, then what are you doing? It's like the work from within has, to, you know, has to exude. Because, like, I think of people that leave their hometown and, I'm, you know, this is not me talking with you. But just like, you know, how someone may say, hey, I'm going to Houston. I'm going to Atlanta. Hey, don't don't do that. <laughs> no, we no, we doing it. <laughs> but no, no, no. Like, like the work has to be there. Like, yeah, like you can move for a job and things like that. But if you're just saying I'm moving to Houston and you're not working on yourself, like this is not. I can't say this with Rashad because Rashad is working on himself. So that does that's not applicable, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but to the people that just say, "Hey, I'm leaving," okay. Oh, I hate like, that. So you're gonna do the same thing here. You know there that you're doing here like i just you know i i hate to hear that you know because if you're gonna move be different you know what i'm saying not not necessarily reinvent yourself but find the better things about yourself and then if you have to come back you're better here because you're better in your like you know what I'm it's, it's kind of like college right like if you go away for four years of school invest in your damn self so when you come back or wherever you move to you are a better version that's all i'm saying I agree. I think that's uh, when I did move here, that was the one thing I I didn't think I was going to do because I very much like even in my job, like people call me St. Louis. I talk about home all the time. Like yeah. I never want to be that person. <laughs> and I hate seeing it. It annoys me so much. Yeah. Where it is like, well, you know, I moved away from home and home was never there's never nothing to do at home. And like mm-hmm. the, the, the my, my rebuttal always to those situations is that what did you do at home? <laughs> what did no I'm saying? Like, what did what did you do at home that you're doing differently here? Because all a new city adds is new. Like Chicago is much bigger than St. Louis. So yes, naturally there's gonna be more things to do. But I guarantee you at some point it's going to feel the same because that newness is gonna wear off. You're doing the same thing here. It's not going to matter. Yes, there's a, we can go into the experience being in St. Louis and, you know, especially being black in St. Louis short, there's an experience with that. Mm-hmm. There's a circle that yes, we like exactly. to talk about. It's, it's silos, whatever. Yeah. But you also think about it. That's a small population. When I hear people talk about St. Louis, they love it. I'd be like, dang, I ain't had this experience. It's different. I never, I ain't never heard nobody talk about it like this. No, but I, I understand like why people leave. And like I told you, like I left, yeah, I left to just to try something different to say that I tried, but never yeah. once, never once did I say I would never come back. I just like I've told my mom. My mom has told me it's a big world out here, man. Like I always say, if the money was always right and I can live where I want to live, I'll come back home. I know where I will live at. 
Yeah. Makes a perfect sense. But until then, until there's an opportunity, then yeah, continue to expand and explore. But yeah. home is home, man. You that, that is stupid. I think that's the stupidest thing to say. The people <laughs> that we inspire to be like ironically, they all got a house back where they from. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. That ain't made no sense to me. I'm like, your favorite <laughs> artist got a home back at home. Yeah, pretty much. Because it there's a familiarity, there's a comfort, there's a safety. It's like regardless, yeah, St. Louis. Got his own issues. It's hot. We know. Yeah, yeah. Got to drive a little different. I understand, but it's still home. It's what we know. There's a familiarity, and yeah, like you say, you leave, you come back, you learn something, you better, you know how to do. But if you're doing the same things here that you're gonna do in Houston, the cost of the cost of living is higher there. So what you go? Hey man, you know people go. You know. People go to Houston for brunch, man. That's it. They go to brunch. <laughs> people, hey, people go to Houston just to go to brunch, man. man no okay. disrespect. Brunch is great, but like my, my, I just think that I think people just have to expand their minds on why they're trying to move. You're actually trying to move and grow and better yourself, then then go for it. But if you're Absolutely. just doing it to have fun. Yeah, then you're people. gonna miss like and maybe i had to learn that because i have very much have taken my life i've learned like i've taken i can take it too serious sometimes mm-hmm. uh because i think it's like anybody else like you're trying to just use a destination you're trying to reach but also i think on the other end too is like you kind of gotta take it serious man if you're really trying to get to where you want to go to because like all this yeah. all the fun stuff that people do like it is it's relatively temporary man like at some point you got to get tired of going out every week you got to Exactly. Got to. Like at would, some point, you would go. think. You would think, right? But people don't have like some people. You know, I'm not going to speak on anybody, but it's just like I think my warped sense of reality, and I'm not going to speak for anybody else but Ralph. It's just that with social media, you think that that's all they do, and they might be able to balance the balance the scale with both. I doubt it, but you know, I you know, you know I you know I think I give people a little bit more credit than that than, than they actually no, for sure. have. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's just you know, um, you have to be focused, and I think when you're actually focused, like those things don't matter. The nightlife doesn't matter. So if you ask me, if I move to Houston or Dallas or these you know DC or these hot spots where a lot of black people are, I can be focused because I mean I go, I mean I go out here in nauseam. So like. A new brunch in a new city is not going to do that much for me. Like, yeah, oh, it's new black people I haven't seen before, but that's that's <laughs> that's that's it. Like, I get chicken and waffles anywhere, my nigga. Like, you know, what I'm saying? like it's not. Max, I'm, I'm yeah. not. I'm not. Like, like, most brunch food is like pretty much standard across the board. Like, brunch like, staple, chicken and waffles. <laughs> chicken and waffles. Like, what are we doing here? Right. Chicken and waffles, boneless mimosas. <laughs> Like, I, I mean, see. again, I and I, I don't, and I try to, you know, who I am, I don't want people to, you know, if you like going out, have, like, I, I'm not have that person. Fun. I would never have judge fun. somebody based off what they do to have fun, because life is short, and if you Absolutely. should have until never that. I think the thing is, though, it's like, okay, at some point, we are going to face ourselves with a reality of, we're going to ask ourselves, what are we doing with ourselves? And I think that's the biggest thing I kind of at least try to do with my content is just try to paint a picture of my own self-reflection because this is the things I think about all the time, man. 98% of my thoughts, I'm asking myself, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. Most That's most of the things that keep me up at night, man. It ain't got nothing to do with money. Yeah, money matters, but it's like, mm-hmm. 
am I doing what I am meant to do? Mm-hmm. And, and not only like in my view of how God has designed us as people, but am I doing what I am designed to do as a person to actually create maximum fulfillment? Yeah. You know, that's really it. But yeah, it's having fun is fine. But I think why a lot of us struggle mentally is because a lot of us are running around with our heads cut off. Yeah. Not knowing what we really want to do mm-hmm. or struggling or not feeling like we're being fulfilled because we're doing these lackluster jobs or whatever that we know we don't want to do. And then we hide it by going going out etc which again is nothing wrong with that but when you are when you spend your time every week focusing on the weekend Mm -hmm. i think that's the biggest thing i've learned it's like (laughs) we need to have a conversation and not in a judgmental way because i get it like a lot of us are doing that because we're trying to escape that we hate what we do every day but something has to change there has to be some sort of internal inner work to be like all right, why do I really not like what I do? Hmm. What is it? Why is it? You know, and that's and that's, that's so many of us across the world, bro. And like I said, at least I think what you know, like I'm in school right now to, to be a therapist, man. Like I pay attention to this mm-hmm. stuff all the time. Like, bro, like our world, most of us are depressed as shit mm-hmm. <laughs> every day. Mm-hmm. Not even about like life happening, just a simply existing because every time we get on our phone, we scroll and we have these highlight reels. Yeah. And obviously, as creators, we know it because not only are we posting the content, it's simple. We post the content, all right, let's, we're going to check our phone, see how many numbers we did. Right, right. We got, right. And then depending on where you are, messes with your head. Oh, that wasn't a good one. You spent maybe four hours editing that, that clip. Yes. Thinking, oh, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Like, I've even learned, like, I ain't, look, bro, I don't even do that no more, man. Look, I, I edit and I put it out. I maybe check one or two times and I don't check it for a couple hours. I learned I was going to be in a cycle. Yeah. It's like, why am I chasing the likes and the views? Like, yeah, you like, let's be real. Like you make content. I don't care. Nobody say if you're a content creator and you say you don't do this, you lie to yourself. <laughs> make content to be recognized. Absolutely. We don't, we, we can't lie to ourselves here. We don't want to <laughs> be recognized for saying something, doing something. That's why content's made. I think once you remove that thought, though, mm-hmm. you're making content to do something bigger than yourself. And whatever comes from that comes from that, man. Like, I think Keith Lee is a prime example. <laughs> My opinion. I think he did something naturally mm-hmm. just to deal with something, but it became bigger than life. Absolutely. Now, like, they're doing food reviews, man. <laughs> food. Traveling, like, Traveling food. but but think about like the goodness he is doing, yeah, yeah, now because of that. I wonder if he had that same thought sometimes. Like, it's not even about being recognized, let's make it bigger than that. Let's try to give these people who are struggling to maintain their business something. Now, you blessing, like, that's how it should be, absolutely. But a lot of our content now, man, centered around. I sound, I'm gonna sound so judgmental. But I don't mean <laughs> I think get ready with me is a great. I do. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't do the target one, bro. You can't do the target one. <laughs> I can't do the target one, bro. Now I'm not gonna hate on bro. Yeah. Because yeah. obviously it worked. I think it was a brand deal. And I actually think it's I think it's brilliant to put yourself out there yeah. because I think people forget, like as a content creator, you are creating content. That absolutely. is their job. Yeah, absolutely. I think what has happened 
is that we have normalized the basic things that we do every now normalized we over glamorize the basic things like yeah. a simple target run now is becoming aesthetic <laughs> like you gotta play some music in the background you dance again dress like i to me i you know i got past the cringe and i like looked at it from a business lens but like you got somebody at home right now checking it like man i don't even go to target like that you get what i'm saying no like yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. i'm saying like people will be looking at a basic run of a everyday activity that they do is not good enough because everybody not wishing that their life was like that too. Everyday vlogs kind of bother me. Like I didn't realize that that was really a thing and I didn't know that until my wife watches like a million women that do it all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And not, now I can get like a travel one, you know, travelers. Like I get that. But I'm talking about like every day I go to, like you said, I go to Target. I come back home and cook for my husband. I check on my daughter. Like, you know, it's like we're going on a date night. It's really like an everyday. I was like, people watch this every people. day. It people. works. Like, and I'm talking about views. Like, this this young lady, like, and I'm not, it's not hating. I'm just like, mm. like, I'm enamored by it. I am like too. people that live their everyday life on YouTube and have literally retired, like left jobs because mm. I'm getting paid so much. For these people to view me, yeah. ah, shout out! Like, no, it's, it's like, a it's a real skill. Like, I don't hate on it at all. I'm just like, we have crazy. people. It's more so like from a mental aspect. Like, you're sad because somebody went to Target, bro. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> there's nobody stopping you from doing that. It's yeah. just, do you want to look ridiculous in somebody else's eyes? I don't care what nobody say. Drew, if you, I'm gonna clip this too. Drew, I appreciate you. <laughs> Show me the way. Teach me the sauce. Could obviously bro. work. Now, would I do that? I don't know. But for you to do that, to put your, put a tripod out, do all that, man, and you I'm, get people clowning you, and you still getting paid. Kudos to you, man. Listen, man, I I love my I love my privacy too much. Like you know, what I'm saying I I love I love to put out what I love to put out, but right. When you give people, imagine if you did this and you didn't get the views. <laughs> imagine doing all this. Like, imagine, you know, you putting your life, your daily life out there, and you weren't getting the views, the recognition, the money, or whatever. I mean, of oh, course, yeah. the grind has to come from somewhere, but still. It wouldn't be the same. No. If likes and views didn't exist, it wouldn't be the same. No. It I, don't be- care, I don't care what nobody says. People, <laughs> I, I, people be like, I post for me. No, you don't. The lies, the no, lies, the, you, the it's, it is for you, yes, but it is also a documentation unconsciously to me for other people to see. I don't think there's nothing wrong that people who do fitness things, I love it. Mm-hmm. You post your gym progression every day, I love it, but at the end of the day, that's what somebody like, listen, it's for somebody at some point to see, right? And I'm shout out to people that that are. For one inspired by what I do, which is crazy. Like I don't I don't think about it in that way. Yeah. But I definitely post because like I'm making progression and I want people to see the progression. Like let's exactly. not let's not get it twisted. Like yeah, I do post for me, but it's for people to see that I'm actually doing the work. That's... So when I you know when I pop out and you see me a little slimmer, you know, I didn't go get the surgery. It's cool, you know, if you do that, but I did do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I didn't do that. Now I'm not knocking nobody away to do that because sometimes nah, sure. you just dispose to it. You can't you can't get it off of you, but you know it's working for me right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I I just want us to be 
I just want to be honest with ourselves moving to this year, man. I think content creation is beautiful. I just for those for those um who are just in that space of like when they feel like their life is lost because they're drowning themselves in content. Absolutely. I wish people would just take a step back and really, really think about how this is some weird illusion. Somebody recorded a bunch of rough edits mm-hmm. that they edit great for your eyes. <laughs> you got to think about how many takes that person may have did. Like you're getting a highlight real of somebody's day. It doesn't mean anything else. Nothing more, nothing less. It doesn't mean your life is less valuable. Like that's, right. Like I said, you know, it's these are great, and like I think it is life changing. You know, obviously, this is why I think we still do it for as long as we do, exactly. with the hopes that maybe one video will change our life. All it takes is one, really. One. All it takes is one, and then that's great. But then, like on the other end too, it's like for those who don't do social media, like don't feel pressed to do it because that may not be you, man. This is a very uncomfortable space to be in. Absolutely. To open up and to tell people about yourself. What On the day to day. Day to day. The day to day. This is what I do every day. Someone can know your routine. Someone can know your your husband, a wife's, your child's name, where you go to the gym. Like those that is that is a lot. <laughs> that's man. all I'm saying. That's a lot. I, that's all I'm saying, man. It, it it takes it takes more, man, but Listen, I appreciate this convo, man. Seriously, this was uh I'm glad we was able to I mean just catch up and <laughs> catch up and make content at the same time. Absolutely. But uh I just want to say though, man, I, I'm proud of you, brother, as always. Um and I always seek these moments or testaments to remind us of what's most important, man. You don't have to talk to somebody all the time to uh feel like there's a brother. Like I've always felt like that's you and uh, Johnny, older brothers, but I always felt more connected with you. I feel like I've seen you more mm-hmm. um, in spaces, and um, every time we talk, man, it's just always been something. Or every time I felt like I've just needed to check on you, man, I just want to do it because I think we we very much go on a day to day like we see people, but we don't really acknowledge what they do. And it's not about a pat on the back, like oh yeah, like I did. It's not like I'm seeing somebody and I'm I want them to feel encouraged, man. Like yeah. That I think about it. I was like, all right, man, this man told me what he had going on. Dude, let's see how he's doing, man. Time goes on and doesn't wait for nobody, but people still got feelings, man. And as black men in particular, we don't do this enough. I always say for something to happen for us to be like, oh, let me go check on my dog. Man, nah, man, like, you know, that's what it is. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, how you doing, man? I'm glad that things are going well. Uh, I know you said that y'all were taking a break. What uh y'all y'all want me back soon? Oh yeah, this? actually uh when I get through with this, probably in another hour, we're probably gonna record something. So. Oh well, see man, yeah. this is great, man. What oh, y'all yeah. like on episode five hundred now, man? <laughs> oh, y'all in the... two two two. I think two fourteen somewhere up in the album. I don't know, man. Oh, Listen, people don't understand, man. It's a grind, man. It's well, a hey. grind. You gotta love this, man. Got to. Hey, hey, I keep leaving and coming back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> breaks are ne- breaks are necessary. I used to be that person, but we ain't taking no breaks. That's why. That's why. Uh, that's why Nick and them used to hate me so much. I'm like, look, we got. Gotta take a break. Got to. Yeah, yeah. We we we've talked about it, man. I want to bring it back, man. But it's just hard because I'm not I'm not there. Yeah. And so it's just more. Yeah. It's, I think that's the thing. It's like we were. We when we when we came back. 
I was like, dang, I'm about to move. And I told him, yeah. um, but we've talked about it. It's something that I do enjoy. It's just, you know, like I've always told them, like I tell anybody, man, you can't want to make content with me and not be serious about it though. Like, <laughs> and I'm not saying they weren't, but it's just like, if we going to do it, y'all know be, me. We all, we got to be committed. And I was like, if we going to do it, we going to do it. Y'all not going to like me. <laughs> but we gonna do it. I just I just know how this stuff works, man. You gotta be consistent. So absolutely brother, I appreciate you. I love you, man. Love you too, man. I know we will talk soon. And yeah, let me